The Holy Gospel this morning comes from Luke. I ask you to stand as we greet our risen Lord and hear his story. Glory to you, O Lord. On the first day of the week, at early dawn, the women came to the tomb, taking spices that they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away. But when they went in, they did not find the body. While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men in dazzling white stood beside them. The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, but he has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee? that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified and on the third day rise again? Then the women remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, they told all of this to the eleven disciples and to all the rest. Now it was Mary, Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them who told this to the apostles. But these words seemed an idle tale, and they did not believe the women. But Peter got up and ran to the tomb. Stooping and looking in, he saw the linen clothes laying by themselves. Then he went home, amazed at what had happened. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. The tomb is empty? Can you imagine? Can you imagine? We have just gone through the roller coaster of Lent and Holy Week that somewhat mirrors our lives as human beings when we go through the roller coaster of death and grief. And then we hear these words that the tomb is empty. I'm sorry, but I think I might get angry. I think I might be a little disturbed. I don't know, maybe I'll be like Peter and just poo-hoo it. But the women went. They went and they proclaimed. They didn't quite understand the message, but they remembered. You too remember. Part of the beauty of our liturgy and our um, rhythm of worship every Sunday is that if I say the Lord be with you, you know the answers, right? You've heard of those questions and those proclamations enough. Just like Mary and Joanna and Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and the other women, they heard Jesus saying, remember, the Son of Man must suffer, die, and will raise again. The disciples heard it too, but they didn't quite remember. And on this Easter day, when the women found that tomb empty, they were perplexed and they were afraid because they were living in a very oppressive government and an empty tomb, an empty egg, empty gum was not good news. It was not good news. It was fearful news that something bad had happened. 
something bad in addition to the tragedy of losing the one they loved. This is an unusual year because all of our major world religions on this week are celebrating. We have the month of Ramadan for our Muslim friends. We have Passover for our Jewish, and today Easter and Holy Week for Christians. We are all celebrating stories and remembering words of promise and hope that draw us closer to God. Today we hear about an empty tomb. And while some of us are excited about that and the Easter egg hunts, and that is good news, others of us are maybe stuck back into Saturday, into what we call Holy Saturday, where it's actually harder than the day we find out that someone we love has died. It's the day after, and we don't quite know what to do. But today we hear the words that Christ has risen. Christ has risen? Okay, you're getting better at that. You're getting better. You're getting better. But those words tell a story. And it's a story that not all the world has heard yet. One of my professors at Concordia preached a wonderful sermon and wrote a great book the title of which, We Are Easter People Living in a Good Friday World, James Hoffernang. Think about that. We are living in a good Friday world. What's going on in Eastern Europe? It's a good Friday world. There's death and destruction. There's fighting and resistance. What's going on in the hospitals of Billings or in the nursing homes? There are still people that are facing death through accidents. There's still people that are being treated for cancer and horrible diseases. We are living in a world that is filled with Good Friday that's dark and shakes us to the core. But as Easter people, we celebrate that that gum package was empty that these eggs were empty, that that tomb was empty, even if we don't quite understand it or know what it means. Because we've been promised in the waters of our baptism, by the words of the women, by the witnesses of the disciples, and by other accounts, that Christ indeed is risen and has come to turn the world upside down it's the greatest, ultimate, April Fool's turn the world upside down on its head trick you're ever going to find, and it's life-changing. Because in the midst of a Good Friday world, we have hope. It doesn't mean that we are Pollyannas. It doesn't mean that we only see things through rose-colored glasses. It means that when we walk by ourselves or with each other through dark and traumatic days, we have hope. We have something to cling to. It doesn't mean that we shed our grief and we get through it and over it. It means that we wear our grief a little lighter 
And instead of being wrapped in a shroud, maybe it's a wedding ring or an accessory or a sweater because we have hope and we have promise because Christ is risen. It doesn't mean that our world is perfect, but we have hope because Christ is risen. And you are going to get sick of hearing that in the next seven weeks of Easter. You are. But it is ingrained or will be ingrained in your DNA. It is because of Christ being risen. That's going to wake you up in the middle of the night and say, please stop, no more chocolate eggs. No, it's going to wake you up in the middle of the night. It's going to give you comfort, and it's going to allow you to walk outside of these doors knowing, knowing that the voices of little ones are going to shout to the rooftop that life goes on, but not alone, that Christ is with us. Next Sunday, we will hear the text of what we call Doubting Thomas. But in between that text is probably my ultimate favorite text, The Road to Emmaus. And my favorite line in that 13th chapter of Luke is by those guys that were walking. And they said, what, you haven't heard? You haven't heard? We had hoped They were walking in the midst of grief, and they had hoped that Jesus was the Messiah. And then, in the midst of breaking bread, they remembered, and they saw, and they experienced the risen Christ. Today, in the midst of a small, dry, paper wafer, and a baby, tiny cup of wine, We eat that meal that Jesus gave us, and we remember that Christ is risen. We proclaim that Christ is risen, and we celebrate that Christ is risen. Because in the midst of death, we know that Christ has broken the bonds of death, and that we too will rise. It is no accident that in our funeral services and our funeral liturgy, we quote from Romans, and we say all who have clothed themselves in Christ were crucified with Christ and shall have a resurrection like Christ. It is the retelling of the story. It is the reaffirmation of the hope. And it is the proclamation of promise that is sometimes hard to hold on to, but nevertheless true, nevertheless present, and nevertheless reassuring that in the midst of confusion and sorrow and panic, like the women at the tomb and those early disciples, there is something new going on and a new day and a new promise that we too shall not be held by the bonds of death. For Christ is risen. Amen.